Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for joining us today for this edition of Hope Along the Journey. It's a joy to have all of you listening. We appreciate so much our listening family. We'd love to hear from you sometime. So why don't you drop us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, that's hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. And let us know you're listening. We'd also like to have you as part of our family by receiving our monthly newsletter. Beginning in the month of April, we are starting a letter, newsletter, and we'd like to have you on that list to receive that each month. So if you go to our website at hopealongthejourney.org, there'll be a pop-up screen that'll come up that will allow you to sign up, and then you can get the monthly newsletter and know a little bit more about what's going on with the ministry. Right now, we want to get to our guest, and that is none other than Mark Sowersby. Mark, welcome again to Hope Along the Journey. It is an honor to be with you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Uh, Mark is a pastor, a husband, a father. He's now an author, and uh, he's been married to his wonderful wife, Jennifer, for, is it 17 years? Well, 18 now. 18 years now. Just, uh, yeah, 18 now. Should we send her a sympathy card? <laughs> uh, Mark is. Uh, if you haven't, haven't figured it out yet, folks, you're going to find out. Mark and I are are good buddies. Uh, he is an ordained minister for over 25 years. Currently pastoring uh, Calvary Community Church in Dunley, Massachusetts. Is that Dudley. right? Like Dudley, do right. Like Dudley, Dudley not Dunley. Dudley. No, Dudley. Oh, Dudley. if we're I could right just on like... the border of Connecticut, Massachusetts. Oh wow, great! And so we're just so delighted to have Mark with us. In a very early edition of Hope Along the Journey, uh, we have a recording of Mark speaking at my church in which he shares his testimony. But I wanted to get Mark back on. Hope along the journey because uh, Mark's got a powerful story to tell, and he also has just recently finished his book, Forgiving the Nightmare, and we want to talk a little bit about that toward the end of today's episode. But we want to get right into the story to give Mark plenty of time. Before I begin, though, I just want to give a heads up to moms and dads who may have small children that some of the content that we're going to be talking about is content that maybe best if maybe your you know your little one goes off and plays somewhere in another room for a few minutes uh, because we're going to be sharing about Mark's childhood of abuse and some of the stories is very it's very painful and very raw but we want to share that today because Mark has a story of victory through Jesus Christ so let's just get right into the story Mark tell us about your early days and your early beginning and just kind of unpackage the story for us. Sure. You know, I think, unfortunately, too many people have walked through too many hurts. And I'm one of those people. I was born from an affair that my mother had, and she had her own pain, her own sorrows, and her own life that she carried. 
And because of those pains and sorrows that she carried, she made some poor decisions. And one of those decisions is she married a man that was 20 years her younger that came into our life that, that abused me in every way, shape, or form. My mom was an enabler. And she needed to enable people. She always found the broken one, the, the the hurting one. And she always thought she could make a difference, a chance. But oftentimes she was left as hurt, hurting. And this one situation, this man came into our family and he began to hurt me in the same way. He emotionally abused me. He verbally abused me. He Then eventually he ended up being... Uh, sexually abusing me. And and that's where the story is so tragic. From the ages of seven till I was 14, I was abused not only by him in a physical and sexual way, but he sold me to be abused by others. I was burnt. I was cut. I was stabbed. I was raped. I, all the horrible things that get, get happening in those moments. We don't want to sensationalize that, but that's the story from seven to 14 being abused. And what the abuse left me with was an emptiness I was I was just lost. I I, I had no sure. had no purpose. I felt broken. I felt alone. I felt abandoned. I was just a lost person in these years of my abuse. And again, uh, I'm unfortunately too many people have been through some kind of abuse. I call my book "Forgiving the Nightmare" because everybody has a nightmare. Everybody's gone through something. Mine was abuse. But I'm sure other people are saying uh, maybe it was a divorce or a death or some kind of nightmare that we've all had to come and wrestle with. And that's what happened in my life. I had to wrestle with the stigma, the stains, the hurts, the abuse of the past and the scars that it left. The body healed. At 14, I went and found my uncle, uh, my mother's youngest brother. I found my uncle and, and he became my defender. I'll never forget that day. He was a blue collar guy who was in the supermarket business, managers of different departments. And, and I, you know, came home from work and I told him what was going on. I, I, his eyes bugged out. He looked at me, he said, now, buddy, are you telling stories? I said, no. And he became my defender. He believed wow. in me. He protected me. And, and that's the story of coming out. That's the story of when the abuse stopped. So wow. that's kind of where, where I am where I am in the story. Well, up to age 14. And I can't, and again, I cannot even imagine what the nightmare was like for you of all of those years. And so many, so many, so much hurt, so much pain, so much loneliness, and I'm sure a great sense of hopelessness for a long oh, yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, know, I think sometimes, I think sometimes abuse, uh, you either become a fighter or a flighter. Right. Like anytime this tragic, we become fighters of fighters. And as a child, I believe you build a psyche, a, a, a view of trying to protect yourself and you do it with a young mind. You do it with an immature mind. Right. You don't have skills or people around you. So you come up with this concept, this this way to protect your own mind from what's going on. And of course, you're a child, you're reasoning like a child. So, yeah, right. I think for me, those years was just such a bleak. I, I didn't feel it wasn't that, I, yeah, where was I angry? Was I sad? Of course. But most of the time I was just empty. Yeah. Empty, right. lost. Right. And it's amazing how children uh, develop thing, ways of coping that mm -hmm. are just, you know, now they, they work because that's how they, that's how they survived as a child. Sure. But as you move on in life, th those coping skills come to haunt you. Because the very coping skills that you use to deal with that nightmare uh, then prohibit you from moving on and actually enjoying life and relationships and later on, don't they? Sure. There's, 
you know, there's big walls around me. Right. Trust was a word that I didn't use often. I don't think many abused victims or hurting people use the word trust. So there was big walls, no trust. I, I had to become a chameleon. I wanted to be accepted. Mm-hmm. So I became what anybody wanted me to become. That's, yeah. Well, we want to get back to your story because we want to pick up with what happened beginning there at age 14 when you finally told your uncle what was going on. Before we move any further, though, I just want to say a big thank you to my friend Dwight Ryan, who owns Ryan's Auto Sales. And Ryan's Auto Sales is helping to sponsor this episode of Hope Along the Journey. And I deeply appreciate this family friendly business. And it's located in Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. They have a website, Rhines Auto Sales. That's R I N E S, Rhines Auto Sales. In Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, he's got a large selection of beautiful vehicles, cars and trucks and SUVs. And Dwight has helped so many people across the country to find quality used vehicles. And we so appreciate Dwight and Rhines Auto Sales sponsoring Hope Along the Journey. Their phone number is 570-966-2277. Again, that's 570-966-2277. And we thank them for making this episode of Hope Along the Journey possible. Now, Mark, back to your story. So you told your uncle, you broke the secret in the silence. Pick us up at that point and tell us what what started happening? Because this was a major turning point. For you. It was a major turning point. Yes, I, I finally had protection. I had my defender. I went and lived with my uncle. But again, even though my body was no longer being abused, even though I was no longer in the in, in the the area, I never was no longer in that atmosphere. I still lived as an abused victim because my attacker still had took up space in my mind and in my soul. And the lies that they sowed into me was the the insecurity of my life was taken away. My value, my, you know, all those things in my life sure. were just adding up and, and kind of confusing me. So I still lived my life very much as a broken, hurt victim. And I went back to my mom's house. I was 16. There was just chaos. And, you know, I wanted to be away. I don't know why I went back. Maybe I just, a lot of reasons, ifs, ands, and whys. But at 16, I ended up being at a, at a pool. And the lifeguard at that pool asked me to uh, go to church. And a young lady asked a young man to go someplace. Well, we know the history of that story. And I said, (laughs) yes. And her and her boyfriend came and picked me up to church that night. Mm -hmm. And I went into church that night and I, you know, the people wanted to hug me and shake my hand. I didn't want any of that. I didn't want to be touched. But what I found was, was people that were accepting they, they, they weren't hurting. It was a safe place, not a perfect place, right. but a safe place. And, and the next day that was on a Wednesday, that next Friday, that youth group were going hiking. They were going to hike a mountain in our area called Mount Manadnock. It's a mountain in New Hampshire, not far from us. And they pulled up in front of my house and they were beeping their horns and they were calling me down. They were asking me to come. I had no money. I didn't have the equipment. I didn't have, you know, but they said, come on, Mark, for the first time in my life, uh, they, this group of students, this group of leaders, this group of youth, youth like myself, come on. And I went hiking with them all day and we had a great time. And on the way home that night, a young man asked me if I wanted to ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. And of course, I, I said the prayer, Lord, come into my heart and forgive me for my sins. Mm-hmm. And then I would tell you, that's where the real work began. 
Christ saved me. I was delivered. His love overcame me. I'm, I'm destined for heaven. Glory is my home. But now I am the potter. I am the clay, and He is the potter. And He's cutting out. Beautiful. And it took me another. 20, 30 years. I'm still on it in a lot of ways, Mark. And God's still molding and shaping me and helping me yeah. forgive and let go and trust and tear down those walls and build up altars to them. That's that's beautiful. You know, I've, I've again, I've heard you share your story before. One of the things that always amazes me is the power of this sense of community that you found there at the church. Tell us a little bit more about how how and why that community that acceptance was so healing for you when you became a Christian. Because I had nowhere. Again, when you feel empty, mm-hmm. when you feel lost, when you feel like you don't belong, when you when you feel leftover and junk and you go someplace and, and there's an acceptance, there's an appreciation, there's encouragement. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found there. Again, Mark, that I didn't there are not perfect people in the church. And not everybody Absolutely. who, who I met was perfect. But I had men that led me, and not a not in a damaging way, but men who spoke into my heart as as wise men. I had friends that were youth. I ate at their tables. Their moms gave me hugs. I mean, it was just a sense of community acceptance. And because I still never wanted to be home because of the chaos. I was a fixture in that church. Uh, we had two <laughs> services on a Sunday. We had Sunday night. We had Wednesday night. We had prayer meetings for men. And you, I was there anytime that church was open. Not always, not because I was the best Christian, because it was a safe place. Yeah, that's so that's so important. And, and I like what you said, because you needed that safe place, because for so many years it had been unsafe for you. Exactly. Home wasn't safe. Yeah. But to find a place where, and again, people weren't perfect, but you were loved and accepted and valued for who I you was. are. I was. And I I think sometimes we don't understand the healing power of community mm. and how vital that community is when it comes to healing in our in our brokenness. Because what the devil would like for us to do, Mark, is it not true? He'd just like for us to isolate. Sure, sure. Yeah, just stay stay inwardly just stay isolated stay withdrawn you can't trust people people you know and so we just pull into this dark lonely place when we can when we need that community you're right and and again you know i think the bible talks about the devil being like a lion Mm -hmm. and the lion never attacks the pack he always takes attacks the ones that are hanging hanging behind he, that lag behind in nature he attacks the weak the old the sick but mm-hmm. when we become uh weak when we allow the lies of the enemy that get louder than the word of god then sometimes we fall back and it's not because we're bad or evil because it's hard when you've been broken yes. when you've been lied to your whole life your your whole self image is junk it's easy for you to feel like you're junk and it takes so much more to take you to that place to just you know, say, hey, you know what? I'm not dirt. I, I have a little bit of value. I'm not better than the next guy, but I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. a leftover. I don't have to walk in the room and feel like the the least of. And I yeah. carried that with me many, many years. Many, many years. I'd walk in a room and feel like I had nothing to offer, nothing to give. Mm-hmm. Why would anybody even care what I have? Because what am I? I'm a. I'm junk. Mm-hmm. And in that community, and in God's word, through His Spirit, through that the messages, God brought me up to a place where. You know, I didn't see myself as the best. I still had lots of holes and fears, but I didn't see myself as mud and junk. 
Yeah. And, you know, that started the journey. Mm-hmm. I asked Christ in my life. He called me to Bible school where education and academics was a mountain for me. There's a whole story <laughs> in that. And graduated high school, the third grade reading level. And, you know, had to go to school. Still a dyslexia today. I'm still a dyslexia. I'm praying for a healing. But guess what? I'm a dyslexic. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, and I wrote a book. And, you know, so yeah. I'm I'm on this journey and yes, yeah, some days are stronger than others. And, and in this journey, uh, you know, I didn't start off Mark saying, Hey, I want to forgive everybody. I know the Bible tells us to, and we need to, but that wasn't my goal. When I started off, I wanted to know God more. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know God and all that I could. And I feel like sometimes God says we can move. If we have a little bit of faith, we can move mountains. Amen. But in my life, he had to teach me how to move the, the pebble first. Yeah. And then he told me how to move the stone. Then he told me how to move the rock. And then he told me how to to move the boulder. And then he told me how to move the hill. And then one day he said, Mark, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go move that mountain. Let's go forgive your mom. It's beautiful. Let's go forgive those who hurt you and those who abandoned you. Let's go forgive them. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't easy. I I said, God, are you kidding? You know, this is hard. But he brought me to that place. You know, my abuse never went away. Uh, the, the the true fact is I'm an abused victim. Those things really happen. My mind can go back. I, my eyes, I can go back to those moments. That huge mountain of rejection of pain is still in my life. What happened is God became bigger. The mountain of faith, yes. love, hope became bigger and overcasted its shadow on that mountain. So I used to think when God takes that away, then I'll be able to give God everything. You know what? Those pains never went away. They're there. And sometimes the enemy lies in my ear, but God became bigger. God became bigger. Oh, some days are greater than others, but there's hope and there's faith and there's forgiveness. And that's what forgiving the nightmare is about, my journey. Right. In that journey, right. he brought counselors, he brought coaches, he brought good-looking pastors like you to help <laughs> me out. <laughs> Oh, I guess I'm going to owe you a quarter now for that comment. I got I got to pay you for that. Oh, man, that is so good. And I love what you say about God becoming bigger than the mountain because, you know, we oftentimes, like you said, we want God to, to take out it, that portion of our life when God says, you know what, I want to, I want to use that portion when I redeem it and heal you then suddenly this mess becomes your message, your sorrow becomes your sermon, and you know, and all of this becomes a platform for which you can help people that nobody else can help because you can identify with where they've been. That's exactly what happened. God, uh, you know, that, that part of my life is always going to be a part of my narrative. Yeah. I really got raped. I really got beaten. I really got burnt. I really got stabbed. I really got rejected. I really got, and it's hard and it's ugly and it whispers and it's, but God, Mm -hmm. God's spirit, God's word is so much. His promises are yes and amen. And, Mm -hmm. and you know, they're, they're, they're just so much louder. So the enemy's screaming, Mm -hmm. but in the book of revelation, it says God's voice is like a a roaring waterfall. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a f- waterfall. And I went to Niagara Falls, and I, I've been in that, that made it of the mist, and I've been at the yes. base of that. And you can't hear, you can scream, and nobody can hear you. And that's what God's voice was to me. It's like the enemy is screaming my past. You failure, you you messed up kid. You you know, your dad never loved you. Your mom abandoned you. And the enemy would love to scream that every day. But God's speaking, and he speaks, I love you. 
I love you. I tell people in my church, Pastor Mark, we don't live perfect lives, but we live forgiven lives. And, you know, I know I've been forgiven. Amen. And I want to be able to be a person who forgives others. Yes, that's great. That's what God's called me. You spoke about forgiving your mom. Would you take a moment and talk about your mom coming to know the Lord? Sure. You know, my my mom never laid a hand on me. So the abuse, the act of abuse never happened by my mom. What I had to forgive her about is she didn't protect me. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. She was aware, but because of her own pain, because of her own hurts and abuses in her life, she just couldn't fathom it. She came from a generation where stuff like that, if you didn't talk about it, it didn't happen. So I was really resentful. Where were you? It was your job to protect me. And the Lord brought me through this journey to help me forgive my mom. And helping me forgive my mom helped me. I had to first understand her. Not just as mommy, but as a woman, as a girl, as a, a wife and an ex-wife and, and all her mistakes. I had to understand it. Didn't excuse it, but I had to understand yes, it. right. And right. by understanding it, helped me have grace for it. And I realized I didn't have my father in my life. So I only had one mother. And the world told me, well, you can, you can be mad at her. It's world psychiatrists and doctors. I said, and I could. I right. could. I had the right, right to. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to have my mom. So we had a relationship. It had its it had its distance at times. It had its its it had its fences at other times. It had its you know it had its, its sure. safe places, but I wanted to have it in the latter years of my mom's life. The last few few months really of her life, the last six months to a year, uh, she would apologize to me every time. Marky, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'd constantly tell her I forgive her, and. And one day, uh, a colleague of mine asked her to ask Jesus Christ into her life. And she said, I don't deserve heaven because what happened to my son, I deserve hell. And he spoke to her and the Spirit of the Lord revealed his grace. So my mom still lived a life with a lot of brokenness, but she knew Jesus. She took the 11th hour, 59th minute, the the cross, the thief on the cross moment. She cried out to Jesus. So I believe by faith she's with the Lord. She was not a perfect person. Or a perfect mom. And I'm not excusing what she did. Absolutely. But understanding understand it yeah. helped me forgive. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 and I think that's important sometimes because you you were able to see the brokenness of your mom, mother's life. And it, like you said, it doesn't, doesn't excuse it, but it does help you to understand and explain it when you see that. Yeah. And to be able then to forgive. And boy, I tell you what, for you to be able to forgive... You would have probably, well, I'm sure you would have never done it on your own had you not received the forgiveness of God in your own life. That's it. So. That's it. You know, it's the gift I received. Yeah, that's beautiful. The gift that I received, and and I knew that it was Jesus Christ who saved me, and he was calling me to forgive others. Mm-hmm. And every time I came to that mountain, right, yeah. I came on that journey, I'd have to cry out, God, it's too big. Mm-hmm. God, it, I, somebody didn't just cut me off. You know, it was just too big. Right. And God said, just seek me Yeah. and seeking him and being honest and finding coaches and counselors and, and just having a real, uh, a real, uh, not just a spiritual journey, but a real organic journey. Mm-hmm. All those things melding together. Yes. I cried at the altars. I shaked my fist. I said, no, all that journey mm-hmm. brought me to the place to say, God, greater is he that is in, in me than it is in this world. So I, if you lead me, I can do it. Yeah. And every day I'm still doing it. Every day I'm still forgiving yeah. those 
who wound me. And because God's always there helping me to go further and deeper. Well, you said a lot of really just incredibly important things. I think one of the things that you said over and over is about this journey. And it is it truly, it is a journey. I mean, all of the whole Christian life is a journey, but forgiveness is a journey too. Sure. And because it's not like just like, okay, I, I say I forgive, and then we just move on, and we never have to revisit or to say again and reaffirm that forgiveness. It truly is a journey, isn't it, Mark? It is. It is. You know, David wrote, I have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I have fear no river because the Lord is with me. I think sometimes you have to walk through valleys. Christ forgave us in a moment. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. He's God. Right, right. But sometimes we have to forgive on those journeys. Mm-hmm. And we learn so much. The miracle for me happened in the journey. Yes, the miracle right. for yes. me happened. My healing came step by step. My healing came in the journey. Praise God. And that's, and again, go, going to this episode and this ministry, the hope along the journey, you know, that's one of the reasons why I gave this ministry that title was because I want people to know that you can not just find hope when you get to the end of the destination, there's hope in the journey. That's right. You know, and you were able to experience hope along the journey of, yes, you know, in a moment of time, God saves us, but then there's that journey that we begin of healing and becoming more like Christ and working through the, the you know, and, and I loved your story of, you know, the pebble, then the rock, and, you know, moving layer by layer like an onion, we move through sure. these things. But there's hope in the journey, too. There's hope along the journey as we move right. in that direction. And, you know, we need those altar times. We need those quiet moments. We need those prayer closets sure. to remind us that God's with us. And because, you know, every journey has mountaintops and valleys and obstacles and, and smooth paths. And on that, we just continue to press in. And in those moments when we want to give up, and you will, because you'll say, I've come so far and I got so much farther to go. God, where are you? And we run to the altar and we weep and say, we want to give up. And we're like, we're like, the, 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 uh, we're like John who just falls into his chest and he says, I'm with you. Right. And at the end of the journey, right. he blesses. Well, Mark, I just love to talk more. There's just so much to your story at, that I would love to hear. But what I'd like to do is before we end today's episode, I'd like for you to give an, give to the audience how they can find your book, how they can find out more about you. So give out some of your social media information and where they can get a copy of Forgiving the Nightmare. Great. Probably the best way to get a hold of me is we have a website called forgivingthenightmare.com forgivingthenightmare.com. That has all my stuff on it, my book, me, uh, text, videos, all kinds of things. I'm also on Facebook. You can find me at Forgiving the Nightmare on Facebook. We'd love for you to connect with us. And believe it or not, my book is on Amazon. I am on Amazon. So you can go to (laughs) Amazon and look up Forgive the Nightmare. You can order it there. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. So, you know, pray for me. I'm always wanting prayer. But again, forgivingthenightmare.com. Facebook, Forgiving the Nightmare, Instagram, and Twitter, ForgivingTheNightmare.com. That's great, Mark. Mark, it's just so good to talk to you. You're always, when I talk to you, I feel edified. I really do. You always have a way. You have the gift of encouragement. Uh, You've got the spirit of Barnabas, the son of encouragement. And I just love your passion and zeal for God. and, And may God just bless you with what you're doing. So well, thank you so much. Thank and you, you are able, and again, you do take occasionally some speaking 
engagements. So if somebody out there would like to have Mark come to their church or college campus and share his story, it's a powerful story of God's grace. Thank you, Mark, for being on Hope Along the Journey today. God bless you. Thank you, Mark, for having me. God bless you. How do you forgive when you've been wounded deeply? How do you move past the pain that keeps you up at night, leaves you isolated, untrusting, and afraid? How can you possibly forgive them, especially when they don't deserve forgiveness? Forgiving the Nightmare is a story of how God's abounding grace transformed a man to set him free from a nightmare of abuse and years of suffering. Condemnation, shame, and guilt were replaced with forgiveness, joy, and life in abundance. Mark Soresby shares his testimony of healing, forgiveness, and freedom. Available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today to this episode of Hope Along the Journey. I pray that God will give you grace and healing through whatever it is that you've been through. I encourage you to look to Jesus, because Jesus is truly the hope of the world. And if you look to Him, you'll find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.